0: I'm back, bitches. Here we go. Fuck. All right. <laughs> nice. All
1: right.
0: I'm glad you got it. Three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome to the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. I'm your co-host, Mike Booch, a.k.a. the Soy Boy Pseudo-Intellectual, a.k.a. Comrade Soy Boy. And I'm going to a fancy party. You know what I'm going to need? I'm going to need my tie.
1: Hey, what's up, man?
0: Uh, dude, I'm so happy to be here. But uh, before you and I get into it, I want to let everybody know, if you're listening on YouTube, please make sure that you like and subscribe to the channel. Um, and and for, for all of you at home, no matter what you're listening on, Rate and review, absolutely free. We really appreciate it, but also important, I'm going to mention at the end of the episode too, if you're listening to this and you enjoy this podcast, here's some homework for you. Tell one person about it one person you know one friend one family member uh, maybe it's somebody who does need to be radicalized or maybe it's somebody who just likes the same movies and, and shows that you like in which case hey you know I know you love uh, Fury Road when it came out listen to this episode about it like you know uh, by this point we have we have a pretty solid catalog of like a bunch of shit that we've reviewed
1: yeah quite a bit
0: yeah there's there's like one thing for everybody or if you're just like hey if you're into news and you know people having just as much of a clue as the mainstream media does go to any of our housekeeping episodes uh, um <laughs> but yeah so i want to let let you know ty that i listen to the official lovecraft country podcast Brought to you by HBO. That's right. What? I listened to yeah. I listened to a couple of the episodes today. It you is cheated called, on us. I, I, <laughs> I did Lovecraft Country Radio, and um, you know the 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 show's awesome because not only does it have uh, have you know your, your regular host, but also they have uh, guests from the actual show. So like writers, producers, actors. Um. So, so they have a lot. It, they basically do what we do, but way better because they're like, "Oh, here's what I was trying to convey about racism when I wrote this scene," and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, fuck, that's a good one. I didn't even catch that." That's um, awesome. But yeah. So, 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 anyone, if you're listening to this because you like Lovecraft Country, or or maybe you just want to learn a little bit more about about Lovecraft uh, Country, you know, the show, and not just our, uh, you know, our interpretations of it then listen to that podcast because it's it's very insightful definitely um but that being said we are ready to review episodes 9 and 10 of Lovecraft Country we started Lovecraft Country in September we're here now Ty how does it feel
1: it's the end it's truly the end um you could
0: you could say we're going full circle the name of the last episode we are
1: we are (laughs) and you know I gotta be honest I don't know if I want to keep watching the show
0: they're gonna do another season I think so yeah Oh, I probably won't. I mean, unless yeah. it's for the podcast i'm kind of I'm kind of
1: happy with like where it ended and like ap- you know. that's what I'm saying, yeah
0: and um, and it's it's not because the show is bad in any way, shape, or form.
1: No, it's not my favorite, but I do enjoy it.
0: and you know, because I like shows that are not as good as this one. You know, yeah. like I, I loved uh, Titans, right? Right. Like, right. And it's definitely not as good a show as as Lovecraft Country, at least in my opinion. But um, but uh, but you know, I, I think for I think for me personally, there were, there were a couple things that were getting in the way. Uh, the the one is I'm not familiar with the Lovecraft lore, so I wasn't really able to appreciate it. Uh, from that angle. And the other thing is we just, uh, we took a break. So the momentum kind of died for me. You know, like we, you know, we went strong through, what did we do? We did the first six episodes and then we went through an entire month of horror movies. Then we went through an entire month, excuse me. Then we went through an entire month of, of, uh, indigenous specific movies and then went back to Lovecraft Country and we're in the middle of, uh, December now. Yeah. So. You know, which we're probably going. You know, despite our anti-capitalist rhetoric and our anti-religious rhetoric, at least mine, uh, we're gonna do a couple of Christmas movies this month, and um, and we'd have been done with it by now if it weren't for my ass. So, <laughs> so so there we go. But true, sure, um, true.
1: I you know, for me, like uh, the show touches on some great subjects. It um it gets really weird sometimes, and I think it loses focus a little bit on on the plot. Um, and like try, does like little side stories and sometimes they're really successful and sometimes they weren't as successful for me uh, and I think a lot of the horror elements didn't always work um, though I did I did enjoy them in the last few episodes as I did mention in the last podcast we did but yeah you know I, I think it definitely it tried some bold stuff it went some places I don't think a lot of other shows have gone uh, and will ever go so you know I gotta give him props for that uh, and, you know, it was it was definitely quite the journey. And these last two episodes were very, very interesting
0: and in listening to the the Lovecraft podcast, which is how I'm going to refer to it as that, um you 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 do hear a lot of the intentions behind certain moments and behind certain characters because the creators are telling you what it was. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. but But some of those things just weren't weren't uh, weren't conveyed to to me
1: i mean it happens right like uh you know we're we're working on a film actually uh on the side and there were certain scenes in that that i thought were conveying something they weren't right and then you know our editor got back to us and was like "Eh, cut it so you know it it definitely happened you know what you what you think you're portraying on the screen doesn't always come across that way to viewers and and it it might be you know depending on the person or you know the audience but uh it it definitely happens so i understand that
0: it's interesting you say that because I was thinking about it earlier today, um, how like how you and I are like, no, I'm pretty sure we know better, but our editor literally works in Hollywood and has edited Hollywood
1: movies. Yeah, he's literally like- in the industry. I went to school for it and uh, worked on a couple side projects, and that was about it. And you do some acting, so that's cool uh yeah right like you know like we i i am involved in the
0: in the business right but But he's been in it a lot longer
1: and a lot more uh you know involved and hopefully he'll be a guest on the podcast in the future because i'm sure he has some great insight um into some stuff that we can you know we could ask him about oh yeah what episode did he did he want to be on again
0: what do we want to review with him or do we just want to talk? Because we could do. Oh, could La- do that. Lady
1: Antebellum, he literally worked on. Oh, not Lady Antebellum. It was just Antebellum. <laughs> <laughs> He'll always be Lady Antebellum to me.
0: <laughs> you remember back in the Lady Antebellum era? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Those bastards.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Did did you what Nah, let's just keep it. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's right. Um. So so yeah, when we do the Antebellum episode, we'll have him on then. Why yeah,
1: not? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, he's gonna have some great insight. Uh, he's worked with a lot of a lot of different different people in the industry. He's heard a lot of things. Uh, and he'll have some some good things to tell us about. But uh, yeah, you know. So here we are at the end of Lovecraft Country and. I'm excited to discuss these last two episodes, especially episode 9. That one in particular I thought was very strong and it's got some great stuff, got some quotes. I'm I'm ready, man. I'm ready.
0: You know, you know what else is ready? I'm hearing it right now off the distance. Oh my god. Is it is it a spoiler warning? You know what? It is a spoiler warning. Yeah, I hear it right now. It's saying that it's ready. So so guess what? If, if, if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, we're catching up late to these episodes. So uh, if you haven't, for some reason, you haven't watched Lovecraft Country episodes 9 and 10 yet. yet Shame on you. Finished, yeah, if you haven't finished the season, definitely do it now because a spoiler alert is in full effect. A spoiler warning for the eastern seaboard. Okay? Oh, man, here we go. But uh, but yeah, so as we mentioned in the last episode, there was a case where the uh, where Topsy and Bobsy, the pickaninny demons, were were uh, sicked on on Dee, uh, who is the the daughter of Hippolyta, who as as at this moment in the show is missing in action. We know where she is, but the main characters sure as hell don't. And um, and uh, and also the the late George uh, George Freeman, who 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 ran the safe Negro travel business. So. So so D D is sick. She's, she's being cursed by this magic. And uh, while Christina slash what was what was her guy name again?
1: Uh, She's using the body of William, right? William. That's yeah. right. I was
0: going to say Titus, but Titus is the guy who started this whole thing. And we'll get to him yeah. next episode. Uh, So, so, yeah, so, uh, so Christina comes in, kind of makes it seem like there's a bit of a favor she's throwing out there. But, you know, as we know, uh, and I I think this was also done on purpose, uh, that, uh, you know, she is she is a privileged white person who is helping out these, uh, you know, these black people who are kind of inexperienced with magic, but there's a price to it. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we get to that, you know, I mean, they were saying in the beginning of the series, the whole price is that she wants immortality and the premonition, the prophecy says that Atticus is going to die because his blood will help her attain that immortality. Like that's, that's her thing.
1: Yeah. They've um, so they basically been trying to kill him since like the first two episodes, right? Like that, that's, that's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> poor guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, they have been. And, um, and you know it's even it's even uh, prophesied in the book written by Atticus's own son in, in the future that Atticus dies during this during this this spell uh, but but that's episode 10 let in episode 9 Christina helps, you know, kind of with a temporary spell, like, you know, but but they're going to need to find the book of names, which was lost in Tulsa, I believe. So, they have to use the the transdimensional time machine, whatever you want to call it, in order to go back to the night the the book of names was lost. And right. Atticus, Letty, and Montrose all go, but not before Hippolyta comes back in. Hippolyta comes through, and she's like, she's like, and so cool. What? I, it doesn't matter what she says, but I love what she says because she's like, "I was on Earth 504. Yeah, I've seen it's, it." Well, it's very
1: DC universe to me, you know.
0: It is. It's DC universe meets Stephen King, and yeah. uh, and 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 it's great. And you know what? I'm gonna take a just a quick second to mention that. The parts I loved about this show, like you said, the historical stuff, the social commentary, but the characters were my favorite. And I think they kind of let me down with a few of them. And that's why it's a little bit of a bittersweet thing for me. And mm-hmm. uh, once again, I, you know, listen. I don't know better than fucking Jordan Peele or Misha Green, <laughs> <laughs> All right? Or or, or or even Journey Journey Smollett, right? Like I I don't I don't know better than any of those people. I you know I just see as as a viewer and and as a as a reviewer, if you will. Um, is that what review means? What to review something? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, my god. Uh, but yeah. So um, so Hippolyta, for example, became my favorite character in Episode Seven, and um. And I didn't, I didn't see necessarily an awful lot of, of follow through with that. That's why, like, if they would have, had yeah, it was a episode- means to an
1: end. I think just to, just to do this episode, really, like that in a way, you know, getting her these cosmic abilities and knowledge just so she can, you know, help them get back to Tulsa. She also has the worst timing imaginable because, uh, you know, <laughs> the the only way to save D is for to use, I think, the blood of her closest relative. You know, so Atticus says to his dad, like, oh, it's got to be you. And that's when his dad was like, oh, George might be your father. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's really fucking awkward. Yeah, yeah. And Atticus is so frustrated. He's so angry. You know, we, we've talked about it in, in the podcast that, you know, he he hates his father. Like, he really despises him. Uh, he, he has a lot of bad memories of being beaten and just abused by him. You know, and all these fond memories of his uncle George and just getting along with him so well. And then to find out that. George might have actually been his dad and he, you know, he took all these beatings and suffered all this time for nothing for a man that might not even be his father. It, it, it's almost too much for him to take, you know? And I think his, his dad realizes this and you know, it's, it's hard. That's why he's held it secret for so long. He doesn't, he doesn't want to let him know this. He wants to hang on to him being his son.
0: And on that topic of bloodlines, they mentioned it in the podcast kind of talking about, uh, you know, like, um, about the the idea that you can find family without actually being related to them. And I mean, you know, that's that's my whole deal. That's, that's yeah. been my entire life. And, yeah. you know, it's it takes life. a village. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, it takes a village to raise a child and all that. But it also kind of reminded me of how this idea of bloodlines is, at least in uh, my research, inherently a white concept. And, you know, this, this magic, it seems to you know, it seems to have taken on a white identity. And I think that's kind of why, you know, because, uh, because when we, when, um, when indigenous people were, were, you know, living in their societies, it was a little bit more, uh, loose in in terms of relationships and yeah like if you see a kid crying you're gonna pick up that kid because they're part of your, vo- your because they're part of your village not because uh you know oh that's my physical child and i wouldn't help them otherwise no th- yeah. the mentality was you're part of the tribe you're family and also because there was kind of a non-monogamous nature in certain in certain uh certain cultures they might have been your kid and you're not sure <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah, yeah you know might as well would... help them. you know treat every kid like they're your kid because because well we're all fucking. Uh, that's the that's the most <laughs> articulate way I can possibly put it. Uh, but yeah, bloodlines uh, were introduced as a means to secure an heir. Because for women, you know that that um that that kid is yours. You know, or or nowadays you could say individuals who have uteruses that they you know that kid's yours when they come out of you. Uh, but. But the idea of maintaining virginity and only having one partner and securing the bloodline comes from a royal thing. It's a Eurocentric thing, so uh, so I just wanted to throw that throw that in there as well. But yeah, so so we do have the idea of um, of like, oh, it does have to be your 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 closest relative, and um, and. Oh, I also wanted to make a note, just from a nerd perspective, that if Hippolyta was indeed time traveling, because she said she was on Earth five hundred four for the equivalent of two hundred years, yeah, uh, on on our Earth, and she goes back and forth in time, she could have just come back before D was attacked by the Picaninnies. Like she still could have lived her entire infinite experiences of knowledge, wisdom, and adventure and discovery and still could have come back before that moment. I, I just you, want to say you, that
1: you can't change the past though. Like the, I, I think in this world, the future is always determined and the, in the past is always determined. And I think they approve that later in the episode that what's meant to be is always going to happen. And she was more of jumping between universes. I think than time traveling,
0: so it was more realities than. than
1: yeah, it was it was very Dark Tower esque. You know, she was she was going to uh, to an oh, alternate yeah, they did world do that of shit this. In the dark
0: Tower too, didn't they?
1: Yeah, you know, and and later on we'll see in Tulsa that you can't change the past no matter you know how much you want to. It's gonna wind up being the same anyway.
0: Ah, that's sloppy to me. Not not sloppy writing. I just it's interdimensional travel, not time travel. I had confused it kind of with time travel, and so so that so that's more on me because I mean clearly
1: she can time travel, (laughs) yeah, but only with the machine it seems. So I'm not sure, you know. Yeah,
0: because you could like because hypothetically in any time travel story, you can send the person back and then know within a second whether or not they succeeded. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Like that's you should know right then and there whether or not they succeeded, because that's just how it works. But whatever. Let's let's get into the actual show. For those of you who weren't here for our watch watching episodes, I want to go into a brief uh, history of the Tulsa race massacre. And uh, and Nerdist has a has a really good breakdown of of not just how Lovecraft Country deals with it, but also um, how Black Wall Street even came to be. So I'm just going to read an excerpt from that with your permission, Ty.
1: Sure, Sounds yeah.
0: good. <laughs> Guys, Ty runs everything behind the scenes. I know you don't think he does, but he, he really does, all right? Um, but yeah, so, so I'll go through it. In 1906, a wealthy black Arkansas native named O.W. Gurley moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. He purchased 40-plus acres of land for black people to have a thriving place of their own. So just stopping real quick there, that's the fucking dream right there, right? Like, yeah. if, if I had the money, first thing I would do is buy, buy land— And and start a fucking commune there, like start a commune where, you know, where we can work together for a better society and we can be, you know, we could be prosperous
1: there. Like that's but you never can because the government will always stop you. But yeah, yeah, Yeah. I agree. Yeah,
0: that's the I'd say dream because it's a dream. Uh, By 1921, more than 10,000 of Tulsa's black residents resided in the city's Greenwood neighborhood. Greenwood was a hub of hope and prosperity in an otherwise segregated and perilous world. There were shops, entertainment and cultural centers, a post office, schools and more. The busy area of Greenwood Avenue aka Black Wall Street was a place where the powerful black dollar could circulate within the community. This and uh, if you want to know more about circulating dollars between certain communities and certain ethnicities um the show trigger warning with killer mike on netflix it's a docu series has a really good episode about that where he only decides to buy from black owned businesses and like he starves for 3 days straight pretty much because <laughs> where he is i think he's in georgia too he's in atlanta and uh and there's and still like he has so much trouble buying from black owned businesses because like that's how crippled historically black business owners are and you know part of that comes from uh what I'm talking about here with the Tulsa race massacre. This put money directly into the black people's pockets, helping them build wealth and ownership. Many people were living affluent lifestyles, which garnered contempt from white Tulsa residents. And, um, you know, according to history.com, there was a, a young man. Uh, he was a teenager named uh, Dick Roland. He was a, he was a black teen who rode in an elevator with Sarah page, who was a white elevator operator. Oh, I didn't know that she was the one working it. Interesting. Mm. She ran yeah, she ran out of the elevator screaming for no discernible reason while Roland left the scene. And as I mentioned in the Watchman episode, uh they accuse him of sexual assault, they arrest him, a lynch mob comes and the, the sheriff refuses to turn him over. Uh, a bunch of bla- uh you know, black people from uh from Greenwood come to 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 take him back and uh you know, there's some words that are that are shared and those words turn to uh turn to violence. People are shooting guns and stuff. So they head back to Greenwood and that's when when it when it happens. Uh White Tulsans, uh, some with weapons, uh, came into Greenwood shortly after sundown and began to wreak havoc. They burned property, stole and shot people on sight throughout the night. By the morning of June 1st, hundreds of people were injured. Thousands were displaced from their homes and a disputed amount of black people ranging from approximately 26 to 200 died. Um, And it's interesting that later on, I'm sure a bunch of those people's ancestors would go to talk about how fucked up rioting and burning property is fucking ass yeah, right <laughs> yeah just that's, a, that's a good people. point <laughs> yeah it's always the people that are talking about history too though right like they're like these are the biggest history buffs oh you know the july, july 4th is the best fucking thing and you know oh my god you
1: know is
0: that how, is that how people sound
1: you sound um, like comrade
0: you know but <laughs> but like but it, you fucking hillbilly fucks <laughs> ride my bike if shits. you're a hillbilly
1: uh comrade we, we love you all
0: right yeah. <laughs> no yeah of course um no, and, and I do think that also that that caricature is also classes. But that that's a whole different thing. Go right, to right, go right. to go to move left. Um <laughs> but um but yeah, so so the, the article goes on to just talk about how even even like black press, uh, in addition to black businesses, like were crippled for generations after. Like it was it could never be rebuilt the same ever, ever again. Now where does this play into into Lovecraft Country? Well, this was the night that the Book of Names was lost, and this is is kind of one of the this is the watershed moment. This is a defining moment for Atticus's uh, parents and and uncle because they were all there that day.
1: Yeah, I mean it, this this shape. I mean this shapes Montrose's character completely. You know, it's uh, it's something that's haunted him his his entire life. Uh, you know, before this and leading up to this has haunted him, uh, and you know, and and again, we we did discuss Tulsa a little bit in in Watchmen, and he just gave you know a great uh, summary of of some of the stuff that happened, you know, and, and I think just seeing it on screen um, is just so jarring, you know, and I, I I remember when Watchmen came out and people saw this, they really didn't realize like how true this was, you know, you see literally airplanes bombing the city. And you're like, this can't be real, but it is. It really happened. Um, you know, and and it's an important part of history that I think is just not talked about enough. Yeah,
0: people dropped bombs on American soil against fellow Americans who they didn't see as Americans because they were black. Yeah. But
1: it's it's ironic because they want them to stay with their own people, right? So they always say, like, stick to your own, like stay away from our neighborhoods. But which they, they did. They they attacked. Their neighborhood, right? Like they had built their own city Where they could function on their own And not have to, you know, interact as much with, with white people And they still came and destroyed it You know, and displaced them And put them into other places And it's just like, they just, you know I think it's so hard to see someone That you, you know, blame for your own difficulties That you, you just don't like doing better than you Or doing well And, you know, there there were some really, really Angry white people that came here And, you know, attack these these people. And, you know, we we get to see what happened that night in in this episode and we get to see how it affected, you know, specifically, like you said, Montrose, George and uh, Atticus's mother.
0: In the Lovecraft podcast, Misha Green mentions, and and I didn't know this, that they found out that the night of the Tulsa uh, massacre took place on some kids prom nights. Yeah. Which is why they put it into the show. Like this was the night that George Freeman was supposed to take Dora, who would later become Atticus's mom, excuse me, was supposed to take her to prom. Like, like, could you imagine, could you imagine this is the night you're supposed to go to prom and the worst thing to ever happen happens? Like, I don't, you know, does that make it worse? Does that make it more traumatizing? Probably. Yeah. I remember, you know, I've had some bad moments, but when they happened on holidays as a kid, I know that they were they were worse because those were supposed to be happy days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
1: it, you know, it, it, yeah. Like they, you know, and we see it in the show. They're just like, "Oh, your your prom was just canceled," and it's like, "What? You know, what do you mean?" Like, uh, it it it's uh, it's sad, you know. And and it, you already see it affecting everyone, everyone in the city. You know, even before the actual massacre happened.
0: Oh yeah, so. So so speaking of um speaking of the 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 prom, there's there's this moment so they finally go back in time and uh, and Montrose's whole experience, he's reliving his his trauma here. Uh, not only and, and you know what, this explains why he's such a history buff, where he always has to break up history. Like he's like, Oh, I remember my daddy whooped my ass so bad because it was the day of the 1921 Tulsa <laughs> massacre. Like, like he, he'll never forget. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it opens up on Montrose getting his ass kicked by his father because he was trying on George's, uh, he was trying on George's, George's suit for, for prom. Right. And, um, and not only that, but like, he was made fun of for being feminine because he, he, there was a flower, which is just, it's, it's it a boutonniere. It was of course,
1: yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. he was wearing it, I guess, in his hair or something, right? Like, I don't well, know. I
0: think he just either... You know what? We might have to look. So the corsage is is for the girl to wear on her
1: wrist. Right.
0: So maybe he was just holding it, or like we don't see that. We just see him getting his ass whipped. Or maybe he just put the boutonniere on his lapel. Well, he says you want father... you want to
1: prance you want to prance around with a flower in your hair. I think his dad says.
0: He does. He does say that. I'm not sure if it was actually in his hair because his dad was an asshole. Yeah. But he de- yeah. But he says that as he whoops his ass and you know, uh, Dora and George are there trying to. Well, Dora's there trying to defend him. George on the other hand is kind of like, you know, it was my dad. It, you know, it happened. It, it's. Which
1: is also interesting, right, because I think uh, Montrose had called George out on this and never standing up for him, you know, and, and, and Dora does bring this up too, right, she, she stands up for him and then she's like, oh, it always seems like your brother's the one taking, you know, more lickings than you are, you know, why don't you do anything about it and, you know, kind of calling George out on this and you can see he's nervous, you know, he's probably scared of their father too and doesn't necessarily want, you know, to take that kind of abuse.
0: And this is, you know, this is difficult, I think, for everybody because it's like, how do you go back? And, you know, and we do find out that they can intervene, like they can, like, physically interact and alter time if they choose to. And um, But
1: you know, can I mean, they?
0: Yeah, so no, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll yeah, be. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, can- you know, what's interesting here, though, is like Montrose, you really understand him because he says as he's watching this happen, he goes, I deserve this. Like, he yes, really believes yes. that he deserves it. You know, Letitia's like, no one deserves that. And and it kind of makes you realize, you know, he he is so ashamed of, of being gay. He's so ashamed of, of that, that he really believes that he deserves to be punished. And that's why he he really beat Atticus, because deep down, you know, he thought that was how you were supposed to handle things. It's what he knew. And, and I think that's just such a sad, sad thing to happen. And, you know... Montrose isn't always the most likable character, but you really do feel a lot of compassion for him here and understand like why he wound up the way he did.
0: Yeah, and this, you know, this this really hit me on a personal level too because, um, you know, I've I've talked in the podcast multiple times about about the way I was raised by my father, and you know, I know his past, and I know that what happened in his past is an explanation. But not an excuse. Right. And like, yep. that's what they're giving you with Montrose. And they say it on the Lovecraft podcast too. Explanation, not an excuse. Like, it doesn't doesn't make it right. Like, you can break the cycle anytime, but it's like, I see where that happened. Um, yeah. I was like,
1: just pointing, because I, I was watching it with my girlfriend and I, I said it to her. I'm like, you know, he could have chosen to break the cycle with his son, and he didn't. Like, he kept it going. And it, you know, it forever damaged their relationship in a way that, you know, I don't think anything will ever fix it.
0: Did she have a take on it? She disagreed, <laughs> nice, yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, so like, how do you go back and not help your parents, though, you know what I mean, like yeah, like if you could go back and you know, I actually don't know a lot about your parents, but like if you could go back and like help your mom or help or or help your dad, which would in turn help you and your brother, right, like yeah how how could like if I could go back in time and stop my grandmother from abusing my father like editor's note it was actually my great-grandmother so my father's grandmother was the one who abused him i never actually met my my grandmother who was my father's mom from what i gather she was pretty cool but uh i I never met them but it was my father's grandmother who took care of him or watched over him when he was a kid and 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 abused him repeatedly so there you go back to the podcast How how could like if I could go back in time and stop my grandmother from abusing my father, like stop the behaviors that would have turned him into into who he was, that would later shape me, like wh- how could I not, you know? But but they they gotta watch, they gotta remember their mission. Uh, Montrose leaves, and you think that he's leaving to go warn George about the future, so that way he'll survive, you know, kind of like they did in Back mm-hmm. to the Future. Yep. Um, uh, and Tick has the genius idea of of course, you know, let's split up.
1: <laughs> um, well, but, you know, uh, like Tick Tick's whole thing is that they they don't know what's going to happen if they change the past and he's so afraid that if anything does change you know not only will could he not be born but then his his son won't be born and, and that's just not a risk that he's willing to take you know he, he won't save these people because he won't risk changing the future and destroying his family's life
0: yeah we see that Atticus is ready to make a lot of sacrifices for his son which in a way makes him a lot like Montrose and we, you know, we don't see it right yeah. away, but, but, but it, but it does. Um, now I have a, you know what, let's get to it. And uh, so, so, so there's this moment where, where Montrose makes his way to the park and, and he, he sees this moment that he had as a young man with, with his boyfriend at the yeah. time. I have this and, whole
1: quote written down by the way.
0: So go, Oh, <laughs> tell me, say the quote then, please. Right. I love it.
1: Uh, so, you know, he he wants to intervene You know, he's talking to his friend, he wants to help him And he's trying to tell Atticus that You know, this boy's going to die And Atticus says, you know It doesn't matter, you know, and, and Atticus is very angry He says, you know, when this is done, you and me We're done, right? Like, we're gonna finish this And then we're not gonna talk ever again And his dad's trying to explain to him, he's like, you know Big mood, by the way. Big mood. I know, right? He's like, (laughs) he's like, you know. Montrose says this kid's not important. He's, you know, he's nothing. He's like, he's just in the first in a long line, a long list of sacrifices I made to be your father. And Mm. I think that kind of catches Atticus off guard a little bit. And then Montrose kind of takes a minute to explain. And uh, trigger warning for a little bit of the language in here. But uh, you see, right there, I'm telling him we can't be friends no more because he's a faggot and I'm not. I lied to him and myself for so many years. I cut out all the soft parts of myself just to be a man because men have sons. I swallowed my pride. When I found out your mother was pregnant, could be George's. You were my son. You had to be, I did it all. And I would do it all over again because the only thing I ever wanted was to be your father. And, and you know, that's, it's, it's some powerful stuff there. You know, he's, he's yeah, talking about how he lied about, you know, his own truth and, and, how it cost the life of someone he loved um, and, and how it, it it caused him to be so angry all the time. But you know, as much as Atticus felt like I think Montrose didn't really love him, it was all Montrose really had, right? like being his his father was uh, it gave him it gave him purpose. it made him feel like a man. Um, you know it 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 was so so important to him that no matter what happened, you know, he could always say Atticus is my son, and you know he sacrificed a lot to do it. You know, and and again, that's that's not an excuse for what he did to Atticus. It's is not Atticus's fault, right? Like, not nothing that happened yeah, to Montrose yeah, is Atticus his fault. Atticus never
0: asked for any of this. He never said, "I want to be born so I can validate your masculinity, I can validate your life." I don't want you're yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like exactly, like you know, it, it you can't blame the child. It's never the child's fault. They nope, are, they are can. they are innocent of this. Um and, and I think that's one thing that Montrose, you know, has not really fully accepted, but you know, it does it does really really make you understand what you know who he is and what's important to him and you know that he does love Atticus, you know, maybe not all for the right reasons, but he is really important to him.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I've I've seen that personally too. Just um, you know, every time I would you know back when I was still talking to my father, like when I would visit him and my mom, like you know, it was all like they they somehow had my diplomas from some of my belt tests. Um, you know, they had pictures of me that like I I didn't I didn't even think about. Um, you know, certifications because for a while I I kept my stuff there while I was moving around, and they happened to hold on to a bunch of it, and um you know, like all of my accomplishments became my father's accomplishments Mm. because it was, wow, look at what my son did. Look, look, he graduated college. I never did that. Look, he fucking got a black belt. You know, I never did that. Like everything I had ever done was for him, at least, you know, to him, you know, like, oh, wow, look at my son. And, you know, sure, sure enough, you know, I'm, uh, I, I haven't spoken to him since I've been on TV and stuff, but, you know, oh, this is my son. He was on TV, stuff like that, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I get that too. I mean, my, my dad, I talk to every once in a while. Uh We have a okay relationship now, but, you know, I remember growing up, especially once my parents separated and, you know, he'd he ask me all the stuff going on in my life and he always mentioned, oh, this way I could tell everyone at work and I could tell my friends, I can tell the family and... You know, he needed to get the gossip so he could talk about his kids and, you know, how much he knew about our lives and, you know, me and my brother. And, you know, it's like you weren't really involved in it, but you want to tell everyone about it. So it makes you seem like, you you know, you are a part of it. So I, I definitely understand, you know, uh, where you and Atticus probably yeah. feel, you know. So it's it's something I think we all have some daddy issues that we can yeah. relate to. You,
0: you know, at least I don't have zaddy issues. Hey. No, no, but um. You know what's interesting? I didn't think about it until you just mentioned it too. But, like, when, now that we're putting all the puzzle pieces together between Montrose and, and, and let's say your father too, like, imagine going to work and all of the heterosexual people there talking about their kids. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, okay, is this something I'm kind of left out of now? No, I, I have kids. I can talk about my kids, even though I'm a gay man. Like, you know, maybe, maybe it does mean more to, to let's say your father and Montrose, then you know, then to you or I, because like it's kind of just expected of us as hetero men to have yep. children at some point, you know. But like, but one, you know, that's a just kind of maybe it's something that that's a privilege that we're just not aware of as heterosexual men. That's yeah, and and you know, for these
1: these my dad and <laughs> Montrose, it, it's a beard, right? Like it's their yep. it's their way of hiding and not and not showing their true you know sexuality by saying listen. I have a son, I'm a man, right? So Montrose said, because men have sons. So, you know, that's what proved that he was a man. And, you know, and all the horrible things his father said to him, you know, weren't true because he had a son.
0: Wow. Well said, Ty, well said. So when we're getting to this moment, uh, we see that Montrose's boyfriend is not only does he get, what a terrible day. Not only does he get broken up with, by by the only probably the only boy he's ever loved because he's young. Yeah. But then he gets called an N word, hard R, the F word, the homophobic one, and then shot in the head by some white supremacists who yeah. just come, which you know back then just white people. Um, yeah, pretty much. You know. Much. <laughs> Uh, you were the exception if you weren't a white supremacist yep, and you yep. were a Caucasian. You were a um, hero. But Yeah, so he gets he gets shot in the head. Very traumatizing moment for Montrose. The the kids' brains are spattered all over his face, and they didn't shy away from this, and I'm so glad they didn't. They make it a point in the podcast talk about how like they went where a lot of shows wouldn't have gone, and I'm glad that they did. I'm glad they show how graphic this stuff is, because you know what? It's not just something you see in a history book. Slavery isn't just something you see in a history book. It's something that happened for real. Yeah. People died yeah. for the pain of getting whipped. People yep. died from the infections of the marks. People had to watch their families be sold off and separated. And and worse, like,
1: it, yeah, I mean, it's you, you know, they show the real, they, they, they show the Engel. violence and yeah, and they show Montrose. You know, they show him shuddering in the back, and Atticus actually has to hold them up. You oh know, my like God. he grabs them and powerful. holds them up. And, you know, yeah. when I when I was watching, uh, I was rewatching this episode yesterday, and. Uh, you know, I said to my girlfriend, I said, Why well, you know, I can't believe this really happened." You know, I said, "This is this is just so fucking unbelievable that this has happened." And she said, "And slavery isn't." And that was, you know, an interesting question. And I said, "You know, yeah, you're right. Like slavery was was this, but worse, right?" I but I think what makes this so shocking besides the fact that we obviously learn about slavery growing up and this was often not talked about yeah. was that this was, was less than a hundred years from our birth. Right. It's in the, it's in the same Holy century, shit. you know what I mean? Right. Like it's 1921. I was right. born in 89, you know, obviously there's some time there, but it was, it wasn't like, you know, the 1800s or the seventeen hundred you know, this is the 1900s. This was supposed to be the, the modern era. And this shit was still happening and i think that's what just kind of blew my mind i'm like you know you know people i knew were alive during this time you know like uh, my my great grandmother who you know i didn't meet before she passed away, she was alive during this, and it's. Yes, yeah, she killed
0: people at the Tulsa. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Was... <laughs> I mean, you know, I made the
1: same joke. I was like, she could have been there. I don't know. I really who, don't yeah, know. Honestly, who does know? I mean, because even Atticus's
0: knows? parents and stuff, like they were, you know, that was Oklahoma, and then they then they went to Chicago,
1: like yeah, you know, where well, he was raised. So we should have a Pope back on here. Maybe his family was there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fucking probably, honestly. <laughs> and
1: Sorry, then we Paul. should
0: have Bronson on and
1: see. And <laughs> too Oh God, <laughs> maybe he. Maybe their families their intersected ancestors murdered oh, sh- each other
0: yeah. back in Tulsa. You know, by the in case you didn't listen to the other, earlier episodes, both Bronson and Pope both live in Oklahoma. One of them is white, one of them is black. Uh, so, and so they're that, all that's, friends, that's,
1: and they gave us some information on some other episodes. So, uh,
0: yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> they did. Yeah, one of them was on two episodes, and the other, you know, helped with the Watchmen one. Yeah. So,
1: yeah.
0: Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So, so shortly after uh, seeing his boyfriend get murdered, he. His uh, his brother and Dora, his neighbor, you know, they were all very close, are now getting attacked by this mob in the park. Now, I have a question because I genuinely might have missed this earlier in the series. Sure. When did he mention the mysterious stranger? Did it just come up in this episode? Uh,
1: I don't remember, unfortunately. Okay. I was wondering the same Fuck. thing. I was like, I don't know. Were you know. hoping I would catch it? I-, <laughs> I, I was, but. This you know, came
0: out of a fog that I've been in for the last nine months, time. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, well, listen, like you said, there was a bit of, bit of time in between the episodes, so I don't, There's I don't too, know yeah. if they did mention it earlier. They may have, um, but you know, they do talk about they it alluded. here how, how a mysterious stranger saved them. Uh, you know, he came out swinging like Jackie Robinson, and I thought what was so cool was about that is that you know in the first episode uh, during Atticus's dream sequence, Jackie Robinson shows up and saves him. Yeah. from Cthulhu, and it's very says, I gotcha, like kid. like yeah, it was that was the foreshadowing for this moment. Um, and, and you know nobody's coming to the rescue, right? they're they're getting beaten. Uh, you know George, Dora, and and Mantras as children, and Addict's like we did something wrong, we, we screwed something up. You know there's there's no stranger. And he steps forward and he kicks a bat, right? <laughs> and then he he realized that he picks it up, and Mantras like you're the mysterious stranger. And, you know, Atticus gets in there and starts fucking some white people up. And it was Fuck so bad. Yeah, he, he's getting, oh he takes out the God. gunman. Boom! Right across the face with a bat. So good. I mean, he's just taking these guys out. I mean, again, you know, he's a trained soldier. So, he, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's got the jump on him. Uh, and, you know, he's got something to fight for. So He can bench press a goddamn car. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot
0: of... He's black Superman, damn it. Of course he, he's going to he, beat he these really guys. He is. He is. Um, but yeah, so I imagine that it was in his dream because that's a story his father always yes. told him as a kid. Yeah. You know, this guy's swinging like Jackie Robinson. So, you know, he would literally interpret it as Jackie Robinson would show up and beat the shit out of Cthulhu whenever he was in his dreams. Right. I would like to have seen more dream sequences. But um, But yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, at this point, I wasn't sure if they brought if they actually brought up who Jackie Robinson was supposed to represent before this episode or not. But either way, here he is. He's you know he beats the shit out of these people. He saves his family as ki- you know, but the as kids, um, the younger version of his family, and uh, and he says, "I got you, kid," and he gets out of there. And um, he should have also been like,
1: "Oh, by the way, don't beat your son," and then like gotten out of <laughs> but there. But I, I think this proves that you know the the future set right because this always happened this was always going to happen
0: which i do like that version of time travel yeah i i i I genuinely do um you know like uh whatever whatever let's not let's not go off let's not go off i could talk about time travel we'll do that when i do my terminator mini review and then we'll do
1: looper (laughs) fucking (laughs) yes yes, we'll do we'll um, do a whole time travel month
0: (laughs) Honestly, we could. fuck it. There's some good shit. <laughs> Why not? There's something in everything. <laughs> Tell us what you
1: guys want. Otherwise we're doing time travel month, so. <laughs> Tell us what you want us to review. <laughs> Tell me what you want me to fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: we'll oh my god. Um
0: but yeah, and then also Letty is having this moment with I wanna say her name is Hannah, who uh who, right. who is Dora's mother or grandmother. I think it's her grandmother. She's Dora's grandmother. That's right. Uh, so Atticus is great grandmother. And because <laughs> um, Letitia
1: has to explain there who she is, she's like I'm Dora's son's uh, girlfriend. He <laughs> like, was just like, oh yeah, bit, yeah. yeah. She explains uh, a
0: little bit. A little yeah, bit L- more Letitia concise, gets but... chased
1: down by a bunch of white people. She gets saved by actually by uh, Montrose's father, and then brought into the house. And you know, the whole family's armed with guns, and they're all looking out the window and all this. But the grandmother's very suspicious of. Uh, Letitia who's wearing, you know, modern day or at the least, you know, modern for the times kind of shoes.
0: Oh well yeah, yeah. And and while uh while the black community was a victim of uh of this this riot, of the of this massacre, don't think that they weren't fighting back. Yeah, at least uh, thirteen like,
1: white people were killed, you know, uh in, in the ensuing battle.
0: Yeah. Like so 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 yeah, so like they were they were definitely fighting back as best they could, but you know, um and, and they're <laughs> story-wise there's a lot to go with the magic here but basically long story short she gets she gets the book of names and um you know listen to lovecraft country radio podcast if you want to if you want to get the specifics on that on that yeah. scene because they go into it a lot better than than we're going into it here and maybe it's because we're men too honestly it's probably yeah. because we're men that we're looking like at at like the male stories and totally true, missing true. the women ones i mean i, I just
1: I, I think it was a little more emotional for me i guess because technically is not actually related to these people you know and the, the you know plus we have father issues but uh yeah yeah but that. you know it, it, what's interesting here is you know leticia is basically telling the grandmother that they're all going to burn to death in this house the whole family dies here except for george uh dora and um montrose. And, and montrose so you know it's it's that's in the grandmother's like well i can't just let these people die and she says like you you have you have to because you know i'm pregnant um, and if we don't get this book, you know, someone else in the family, a young girl named Dee, is going to die. You know, I, we need this book. Uh, and y- you just and have grand- to accept it. your great-grandson, you know? grandson, right? Like- yeah, like this, you know, this is your family too. But if you change anything, you're killing other members of your family. So, you know, ultimately she makes the decision to give Letitia the book. And she burns to death. I think holding her hands. Right. It's pretty fucked up, actually. Like, yeah, wow. Yeah, because
0: at this point, Leticia still has her uh, her invulnerability spell. So, like, yeah. Nothing so can she's hurt her. fine.
1: And they actually, uh, so they play this poem um, that I have here. I was hoping
0: uh, that you would get it. I got you. <laughs> well um, done.
1: It's "Catch the Fire" by writer and activist Sonia Sanchez, um, and. Basically the significance behind Catch the Fire. It was published in Sanchez's nineteen ninety-five poetry collection, Wounded in the House of a Friend. The poem encourages people to think about the incredible fire that kept past generations alive through slavery, racism, and the many socioeconomic challenges of being black. I mean, and that's that's basically it. It has some you know some great lines. I have this great article that talks about it, so we'll we'll link it in the show notes. I'm not gonna read the whole poem, but yeah, you know, it just it just talks about you know, w- what it's like to be black and, and, and the fire of that. So it was perfectly, you know, uh, I think put over the scene and it worked really well for me. Yeah, uh, as the, there's a
0: literal fire encompassing.
1: Yeah, um, I, uh, I love uh, their use of, you know, actual, you know, poetry and songs and speeches. And, and modern speeches. You know, too, yeah. yeah, you know, they, they really use, you know, from, from actual black people of the world, they bring it into the show and they, they put it over these scenes. And I think it just lends a very authentic, you know realism to to what we're seeing um and so yeah so the scene was you know it's very it's very brutal watching her die but it's also you know in a way uh, it's powerful, sad and powerful and beautiful yeah. and, and all these kind of things and you know basically tisha walks out of this house and she's just she's walking down the street and the bombs Fletching are being dropped right by the by the airplanes all around her and yep. she's just unaffected by them she's this was so vulnerable um, and, oh really <laughs> you cried yeah, everything. yeah uh and and, <laughs> oh, and she's no, holding man. the book um meanwhile you know uh, hippolyta is like she's got these fucking things in her veins that are powering she's the time she, the system bro yeah and she's like she's like it's spitting out like fucking yeah like, yeah, it's like gray falling. liquid and atticus is like jumping back and forth trying to help her and the portals closing like we gotta wait um and there's a moment where montrose is left behind the portal actually closes And he looks outside the window at at Black Wall Street being burned down. And he sees, you know, all these people being killed. And he sees the fires. And, you know, he starts talking about all the people that died there. And I think he mentions uh, Dr. Jackson, the best Negro surgeon in America, shot in the face. Uh, You know, I think he says someone like Whitey Phelps. And he says, and worst of all, what they did to Commodore Knox. And Commodore Knox was a 20-year-old kid who was the last person killed um, in in the Tulsa uh, Massacre. And you know, and he just he's just reflecting on these people that died that he knew, and then, you know, he personally knew them, right? You know, and and then the portal opens, and and uh, Letitia and him make it through, and and you know they have the book, and Atticus is clutching Hippolyta, and she's like, "Did you get it?" He's like, "Yeah, we fucking got it," you know. And they're <laughs> they're they're all you know very very much emotionally and physically you know exhausted exhausted yeah, yeah. it's it's you know wow what an episode yeah.
0: Um, and I also want to mention that he he also mentions Pegleg Taylor, who they 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 reference a few of these individuals in the Nerdist article too. Uh, Pegleg Taylor uh, is um is known for his victorious stand with a machine gun. Legend suggests that he died during single handed defense stand down, but Taylor allegedly survived the night. So you know it oh. seems to be a little bit of a gray area. But could you you fucking imagine you know just one dude with a machine gun be like ah oh, you motherfuckers blah 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 blah. That's bah. like badass. Taking them down, man. Like, oh my God! This this was a very emotional episode for 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 the characters, for the viewers, for the production team, for for everybody. You know, this is um, it's 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 very powerful. And uh, and of course, at the end of it, Hippolyta has extended herself beyond her limitations, and her hair turns blue. Now she resembles the character that her that her daughter Dee has come up with, the comic yeah. book character Arinphia Blue. Right. And we have some right. fun facts about her. In episode ten, that I'm gonna, that I'm gonna, that I'm
1: gonna tell. Uh, all I know is I'm so thankful that you know this happened in 1921 and racism was, you know, extinguished in the 60s and you know yeah, that's why that, really it just never happening. Again. That's why you know Black Lives Matter doesn't make any sense because you know racism yeah, died. Again. Unbelievable, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> or or okay. many people will try to tell you, but it's yes, uh, yes, fucking yes, they so will. wrong.
0: Well, they won't even quote that. They'll say slavery happened forever ago. Oh How God, yeah, even
1: now? worse, right? Like,
0: yeah. Man. That's what they'll say. But, um, and once again, those are the, the so called history buffs. Uh, but yeah, now we're on episode 10. Full circle. I um. will mention now that I do not like the trope of the pregnant, uh, the magical pregnant woman. It was, um, and, and I, I think it's just tired personally. And they, uh, You know, they they did do, they did make Letty an important character before she was pregnant, but it's kind of used so often that the character isn't important until she becomes pregnant. Even the Dark Tower series used this trope, you know, for as great as that series is, it also has some ridiculous and sometimes problematic stuff. So, you know, you can love something while, while noting that there are parts of it that could be better, which is said in the first episode of this, of this whole show, right? (laughs) He talks (laughs) about Lovecraft. Um, Yeah. But, uh. But yeah, so uh so basically this is culminating in which they there there's a lot of magic stuff going on. They end up conjuring up uh Titus who kind of started this whole thing and and he uh his he was the owner, I believe, of of the slave that Atticus keeps seeing in his visions who yeah. once again is escaping a burning house. And um and uh you know, they're able to conjure him and whoop the shit out of him in person, which was great. Uh You know, because like, cause well, technically it's Titus. isn't,
1: isn't yeah. that his relative?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, he the reason why Atticus has magical blood is because of Titus, because, yeah. you know, because he he gave that blood to 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 the, you know, the love child that he, I don't even want to say love the rape child that he had from, you know, from his
1: slaves. Yes, exactly. Um, yep.
0: Oh, and 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 speaking of which, they made a really great comparison in the Lovecraft podcast between just kind of having access to stuff because you know Christina slash William is the one who they go to for all the magic stuff because they know about about magic best, right? But. It's not that they're necessarily better with magic than any of the any of the black people in the show. It's that they've just had access to it for a longer period of time. So when you do think about the so, uh, the socioeconomic disparities uh, that that still exist today between the white and black community, you think about opportunities, you think about different privileges. Like you do have to realize that there is a head start that some people have over other groups. Yes, and you know, and that in this show it's magic, but in real life. It is you know, it's capitalism. They have a head start in capitalism. Yeah. You know, they they you know, they have, you know, four hundred years of free labor that helped build their country.
1: You can barely the people, get by with a head start in capitalism. Can you imagine what it's like to not that? have that? Right? You know what yeah. I mean? Like seriously like, holy shit. Talk about like having your hands handcuffed behind your back and you know, it's just you, yeah. you just can't survive.
0: Now, watch the actual show. Listen to the podcast to to the Lovecraft podcast. I didn't really get into the whole magic thing, and um, you know, uh, it. I I did see that this this was really nice to see that it was kind of like a, a, a reckoning of the racial sins of the past, like finally giving this dude his comeuppance. Um, you know. Oh, speaking of another thing about the past, they did mention that in the last episode, uh, in episode nine, that. There was a quote which they couldn't find the person who who said it, so I won't bother to either. But it was pretty much like, um, you know, when you're healing certain things inside of yourself, like you're healing the trauma of your parents. They talk a lot about generational trauma and trauma bonding as well, uh, which is, you know, what kind of led George and Montrose and Dora to become so close to each other. They lived through that together, They, they bonded through that trauma. Right. And, um, You know, and it's similar to how you and I became friends, right? Like, you know, we, you know, maybe not necessarily trauma, but we bonded through a very similar uh, lifestyle growing up. You know, we did. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's how we—that's
1: how we met, really, uh, and became friends. So, if if we
0: both lived in the same school district, we probably would have been on a bus going to school. Not, you know, having to get (laughs) there an hour early before everyone else.
1: We may never become friends. Who knows?
0: Oh, there's also a really nice moment I like here where they go into into uh letty's um it's not a it's not a halfway house what do you what is it called letty's letty's house for for black people
1: yeah i think she just she just has a house to help them out and yeah you know uh
0: but across the street we see that what they were afraid of what all the white people in the neighborhood would have were afraid of is actually coming to fruition that there's now a house that was for sale and a black family bought it we have a link in the show notes, just talking about the white flight. A you know brief introduction says that uh, the white flight primarily took place in the post-war years, which is roughly from the 1940s through to the 70s. But it's important to look at adjacent and very much intertwined migration event known as the Great Migration, where six million black people from the South moved northward to flee persecution. So they left their rural homes behind for urban opportunities. And the Great Migration says it occurred between 1916 and 1970. So because of black people moving. Into neighborhoods, I guess that's where the term "there goes the neighborhood" comes from. Yeah, um, you know, they uh, th- a bunch of white people were like, "Fuck this, we're out." So you know, so <laughs> so they left. Uh, so so that that was a nice little. You know, they didn't even mention the white flight in it, but I think that you know it was uh, very. I think it was very purposeful that they yeah, showed a black family moving into a white neighborhood. They were signaling um, that. So we had this moment where where Hippolyta and D have this reckoning and, you know, D D is very upset that her mother left. <laughs> um, you know, they make it a good point in the Lovecraft podcast, just mentioning how uh, there is there is a consequence to not acknowledging young black girls and their problems. And that it's not just Hippo- uh, Hippolyta, it's everybody who didn't pay attention to her. They were all focusing on their own problems. And that's why Dee got attacked. Like, they, you know, they were all too caught up with their own shit, and they, they weren't looking after her. But, you know, that's that's a whole other thing. Uh, but, you know, she, uh, her her mother, Hippolyta, brings this this awesome, like, professionally done Orinthia Blue comic to her. And she's like, oh, where'd you learn how to draw like this? And she's like, oh, well, you know, I, I met someone named Afwa And, um... And, you know, that's that's kind of that. D also makes it a point to mention how she's never going to draw again because the arm that she was attacked in by the any Demons is uh, is is just dead. You know, that, that arm will, will never be of any use to her ever again. They'll get over it. Trust me. But um, I <laughs> looked it up. I looked up. I said, is there an artist named Afua? Do you know who Afua is? I do not. Afua Richardson is an artist who actually did the art in the Lovecraft Country show. So like all the Ah, Orinthia Blue comics are her. It's her art. That's
1: awesome. Yeah,
0: she also did a bunch of art for uh, Black Panther World of Wakanda, which was written by Tanahasi Coates. And more so, uh, moreover, I met her. What? I met off Richardson at a convention, and I didn't, like, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, man, she, I have a... a you were, you were like, hey, she-
1: do you know when so-and-so's going to be back? Are you just, like, carving <laughs> booth
0: for them, or? <laughs> Hey, can you tell me when Neil Adams is coming back to his booth? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I, she actually signed my um, World of Wakanda number one. Um, oh, fuck yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, and and you know she uh, she has on her website how she helped even design like you know like draw the maps for the show too where they would like show what was dangerous and what wasn't. Uh, That's really cool. Uh, yeah, it, it really is. Uh, her she also has like these really cool magnets. I have one of a mermaid that she did right on our refrigerator. So hey. uh, she was at I want to say Ace Comic-Con happened a few years ago and they held it at Nassau Coliseum. Uh, where i did also meet neil adams but uh but how, how cool is that i was like oh get the fuck out of here small um, world man small yeah, world. so a literal comic book artist uh you know she met and, nice touch uh, so the big crux of this episode is that multiple people are coming together now multiple people throughout the series uh which is leading to the you know trying to take down christina and make sure she can't get her immortality
1: bringing all this whole this whole family together right like uh I think even uh, Gia, right? Doesn't doesn't even Gia. Uh, Atticus goes to her and he makes amends and you know to me it was kind of half-hearted because it's like you know he treated her like such shit till he needed her. Um, yep. But he's like you know you you are family. The connection we had was real. You know I'm so sorry. You know he he holds her. He's hand reading off of notes and, he put on his hand. <laughs> yeah, he's got flashcards. You flash are cards family. The the waiters <laughs> behind him like. You know, holding upside.
0: (laughs) It's Andrew Lincoln from uh, from Love Actually. (laughs)
1: To me, you are beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, you know, he's holding her hand. You know, telling her she's family. And she fucking buys it, man. I feel so bad. She really loves this dude because she's like, oh, all yeah. right, good. I'm in. Let's go. I'm going to jump in. Son of a you bitch. Know, with, with your fucking new girlfriend and your baby and everybody else. <laughs> oh, It'll be great to see a
0: bunch of humans who I will never be one of ever <laughs> again because I am a nine-tailed demon spirit. Uh... Um, but uh, but yeah, so so everybody comes together. They're all traveling in uh, you know George Freeman's car, uh, which is now Hippolyta's car. Um it's the family car, if you will, the, the yeah. safe Negro travel car. And um, they have this really awesome scene where there's this song playing and they all start singing together, even though they know they're headed towards something terrible. And That was um, a cute scene. I enjoyed it. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. My favorite part was when Montrose chimes in. He's, Montrose, <laughs> Montrose and Hippolyta are why I watch this show. Yeah, I would
1: Henry. say, honestly, Montrose is probably the best character, uh, not the best person. Not my favorite yeah. person, but the, the best character, you know, the one who's got the most layers, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like when we say that, like, oh, Atticus isn't our favorite character. Like, Atticus Atticus was an asshole or whatever. That's like nothing against the show. The show no. is great because of it. it he, Atticus is very well written, and he's very well acted by Jonathan Majors. Like, Absolutely. I, I, and I, I cheer for him movie. at times,
1: you know. There's times where I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah, Atticus, get in there. Beat up those white supremacists, you know, but... There are times where he frustrates me, very much so. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, you know, that's, that is, that's, just, that's a testament to, to the power of, of the writing of this yeah, show. Yeah, because
1: it's being human, right? Like, in yes. real life, you know, nobody's perfect. Ever. We all fuck up. We all make mistakes. We all disappoint the people in our lives, unfortunately, yep. you know. Uh, you know, when you watch a show and the character's perfect and you love them all the time, it's just not realistic. And, and that's what they, you know, they're going for in the show. They want to make sure these are real fleshed-out characters.
0: Yeah, and they tried to kind of get the jump on Christina, putting a bunch of stuff in place beforehand, you know, that that was going to like, uh, you know, put her at a disadvantage or she wouldn't actually be able to conjure the spell. But
1: yeah, I mean, well, you know, we should probably talk about too the, the you know, what happened with Ruby and, and Leticia, right? Because Ruby sides with yes. Christina initially in, in episode nine. She she leaves with her and she even says, Leticia, you should be getting in this fucking car, too, and getting out of here because Attica's family is crazy and blah, blah, blah. You know, and she goes with, with uh with Christina, but Letitia and her meet up again in episode ten and you know, I think Letitia like breaks down just exactly what Christina's trying to do and, and explains the whole situation to her and it probably it finally puts some doubt uh in Ruby's head, you know, and Ruby and, and, and Christina have have a scene together where you could tell Ruby's definitely questioning things and she's nervous, but you know, she spins it very quickly, like, Oh, I was just thinking about you and me. And, you know, uh, they wound up kissing, right? It's her first time with a woman, you know, because it's not in a woman's oh, yeah, body. Right. It's it's, yeah. with, it's Christina's body. Their true selves. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where the scene ends for us. And, you know, you're not really sure if Ruby's being legitimate with her. Is it? Does she really have feelings for Christina? Is she really open to being with her now? Or is she using her because she's trying to get more information for her sister you don't you're really not sure yet where she stands you can tell that she's she's kind of torn between them because there are two people that mean a lot to her uh and you know we find out later on um that unfortunately Ruby was trying to help Leticia and Christina caught her in the act and says she killed yeah. her right she yeah, says she, she says she killed
0: her. her and she used her her magic you know her little her little potion to become Ruby and and as her.
1: Now the only thing is, is she like according to Christina, the person has to be in a vegetative state in order to take their body. Yeah. Porn. So technically, Ruby might be alive, right?
0: Yeah, it's. I think she might be. I mean, but, you, know, you know,
1: severely injured or incapacitated, but maybe still breathing at the. Yeah. At least. In order
0: for that. I mean, or she could have just. Kill, you know taking her blood killed her and then she's only going to need the ruby spell once right that's like, true
1: that's true maybe that's it you know
0: that's a possibility too now here's my biggest issue with this episode is there's so much that happens off screen mm. and um you know they really try and put it in there and you know listen nothing is ever so easy you know show business is fucking difficult entertainment is difficult maybe 10 episodes is all they got yeah. so they're like, all right, we're putting it in there, we're putting it in there, and uh, you know, and so, so I'm not, I'm not saying anything against the against the creators, but, uh, but you know, like, at, at, you know, when this spell is finally happening, uh, you know, a little bit later on, like we see all these flashes of things that apparently happened before they even got into the fucking car,
1: yeah, and I yeah. couldn't make
0: sense of all of them as they were going by. I would have had to pause each and every individual thing and be like, oh, what was that? What was that? And even the Lovecraft ep- uh, podcast episode, they didn't talk about it like they didn't talk about the fact that um that that D uh that Atticus actually introduced D to the uh to the Shagath, the you know the big you know the animal with multiple eyes and 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 ebony skin hmm. they didn't you know they didn't discuss that at all they just said that oh yeah D has a Shagath you know watching over her while she's in the car and and you know but but you know they have a quick shot a shot of it you know they have Atticus getting baptized uh, you know which which for you know for 10 seconds let me talk about this if you're a person of color who still subscribes to Christianity I do not understand why <laughs> uh that is all I will say because historically the entire reason that 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 your your ancestors have been oppressed is because of religion and or gold okay when I when I think about when I think about the fact that that my family comes from a place called the Dominican Republic, even that upsets me. Cause the whole reason it's called Dominican Republic is because of the Dominican priests who came and fucking renamed the thing.
1: Yeah, well, no, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, like, uh, good point. It would
0: have still been Hispaniola or whatever <laughs> they called it. You know what they fucking called it? Home. Like, <laughs> you, but you know, I think they,
1: I, just like just like white people though, you know, everyone needs a a guiding force in their life, and and for a lot of people that is religion and that's God. You need. You need to, to believe that there is some sort of, you know, eternal paradise when you're gone, that there's somebody upstairs making the decisions for you, because if you ever have to think about the fact that, you know, every choice really is your own, then you have to face the consequences of your own actions. And I think that's hard for for humanity to really deal with.
0: Yeah, it is. Or, you know, it's also difficult to say, how do I keep going on unless something else is there? Yeah. But, you know, um, and and I'm not I'm, I'm honestly not here to criticize religion. I do want to save that for our punk rock Jesus episode that we do at some point. Fuck yeah! Um, which I will make sure to have an actual you know person who subscribes to the faith on the podcast, so we can kind of go back and forth and have a healthy dialogue. Yeah, but, I'll
1: see if Jesus is available. I'll try my best, but uh, he's yeah, a I mean, busy guy. Is it,
0: He's. They've been saying he's coming back for a while now.
1: You yeah. This could be uh, his big life. his big comeback
0: actually. <laughs> but, the but but just... podcast. <laughs> Imagine. We you heard it here first folks, Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> If Jesus did come back, he was probably fucking killed by a cop already. What do you fucking? Oh man. Like like let's be fucking real, right? Yeah. <laughs> um Oh, that's a great comic book idea. Write that down. <laughs> um Jesus comes back but he keeps getting murdered. Like he's like, "All right, I'll come back in the <laughs> Middle East again. It'll be fine." Boom. Barack. God. You know? <laughs> fucking drone bomb you you know drone strike like
1: oh man that's so good i love that right (laughs) five-part series
0: yeah yeah that's a that's a solid five-part series you're right it's healthy um but uh but yeah so if if you are listening to this and you and you are christian i'm really i'm not trying to insult something that you hold so dear to you but i do want to let you know that while you believe in 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 your faith as as being what you know what guides you and what gives you strength i believe that you are just a strong person I believe that that all the all of the great things that, that you that have happened in your life because of you working hard or or whatever else it might be, that that it's it's from you. It's from within. And if you need to tell yourself that it was a greater power, then that's then that's absolutely fine. But do not doubt yourself. Have faith in who you are.
1: I, I think that's a great way of putting it. I've never been anti religion, but I never believe that religion should dictate your actions uh, you know, against other people. You know, you yeah, should make those decisions yourself.
0: Bartolome de las Casas, the whole reason why he still like stuck up for the indigenous peoples of Hispaniola later on in his life was because he believed they could be converted. That was why yeah. it was all about spreading yeah. the word of God. Even even, you know, he was the world's, depending on who you ask, the world's first civil rights activist. It was all based on, I can convert these people
1: to Christianity. Yeah. He's like, whoa, don't kill them. We can make them into, you know, fellow religious fanatics. Come
0: yeah. on. Yeah. And I mean, like, they were doing it while torturing them. He was like, guys, maybe we could do this without torturing them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Remember, like we said, no one is entirely good or entirely bad, you know? But right. that's that's for our Even the Rain episode. <laughs> Let's go back in time. Check and, it uh, out. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, once once Letty does find out that Christina actually has taken uh, her sister's body, they have this drag-em-out brawl, this fist fight. Uh, I it was pretty think... fun. I liked it. Oh, yeah. It was great. <laughs> and I don't think it was intentional, but, um, you know, look up colorism if you haven't already. If you're a person who's not familiar with communities of color – There is this idea of light skin versus dark skin that does date back to uh, to the days of slavery, and it really comes from whoever the slave master raped. Their kids would be lighter skinned, and in turn would have better jobs as slaves, if you can, you know, such a thing exists. They would be working in the house, while the other ones who were darker skinned would be working in the fields, and they would get harsher punishments. And so that kind of sparked this whole feud, which, um. You know, while there is a lot of uh, black unity today, like, the, uh, within every community, there's always infighting. Even, you know, even in the left, go to fucking, you know, left Twitter and find out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I was like, oh, I wonder if this is a representation of that. They didn't, Misha Green did not mention it on the podcast, so probably not. But, hmm. Um, hmm. but yeah, I said, oh, shit, they killed Letty. You bastards. Uh, yeah, she ends up throwing Letty off the tower. Uh, but we'll get to that in a sec.
1: Yeah, I mean, while I was there, I was like, all right, she's invulnerable though, right? And I was like, maybe Christine no, took the power back. No, she took back. the invulnerability spell from her. But she didn't. Ear-
0: Earlier, she did, didn't she? I I guess not. <laughs> but w- but there was like a different symbol on her when she came back. Uh, I don't know, I, or some dude. It was hard to The fucking up. magic. I'm in
1: it for the social
0: commentary, guys. Which is weird because
1: I came for the magic, I stayed for the
0: commentary. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so funny. Um there's this funny moment where it's not funny but like you know they get Atticus in this contraption and Christina tells him that you know Letty's dead he can totally get out of it and he's acting like he can't get out of it like the things that are holding his hands down he's holding onto them
1: dude cause like, his, his arm hurts if he lets go he's, he's keeping the blood flowing there. he could have taken
0: his hands out he could have fucking unbuckled the thing that was around his waist and we've seen this fun. dude
1: fucking fight monsters hand to hand and uh, he's like oh shit they tied me up <laughs> Damn it.
0: Kick it out. Oh, <laughs> if, if you look back at that thing, you know, I'll find it. I'll screenshot it and send it to you. You'll be All like, right. yeah, he could, totally could have just let go of the, the handles. Um, like, and truber. also,. Uh, you know, so so yeah. So we also have Montrose, Gia, and Hippolyta taking You know, taken down. Uh, you know, trying or taking on this mob that Christina has sent. Uh, sent to to apprehend them. Th- this was underwhelming for me as well.
1: Yeah. One of them is
0: a Naruto, and the yeah. other one is a fucking mystical, multi-dimensional super soldier mother being. Like, I feel like and the other she one's could a father. One Kamehamehas. <laughs> Montrose did the most. He <laughs> did.
1: He did actually. He was, was just like, an abused Aw. man, you know. I was like, come on, this is the best you guys can do, really?
0: <laughs> that, was, that was that was a little underwhelming for me. I really would have loved to have seen what Hippolyta can really do after training with the Dahomey Amazons and fucking hanging out with Garnet from Steven Universe and you know, <laughs> even give him a two-step give hit him with the Charleston that you learned from uh from Josephine Baker, I you know? know.
1: Something that'll right? show
0: him man. that'll show him. Um and and also we had this moment where Dee's in the car reading Lovecraft Country and uh, and one of the Shogoths attacks her because they're back at Ardum, by the way. That's why they call the episode Full yeah. Circle. They're back at Ardum where George Freeman was killed in the second episode, where the house burns down in the second episode. Like, you know, it all goes back. So that, like, that was I mean,
1: a different one. I thought it was hers that was coming to the car, but I guess that was a different one and hers kills it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a different Shoggoth, and then her, which, once again, I only know the name of because I listen to the podcast. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I was like, those Lovecraft monsters. <laughs>
0: That's what I was thinking. The big dog, I call them big dogs. The Lovecraft of dogs, you know? You know, but yeah, so it was so funny, they called, uh, they called out one of the creators or one of the hosts, they were like, oh, the black Shoggoth? And I was like, yeah, it is the black Shoggoth, because it's the black-skinned one that they uh, that they summoned. Um, I would call
1: them Cthulhu's bitches, because they're dogs.
0: <laughs> oh, they are literal bitches, hmm. Um... But <laughs> I uh... And of course, you know, we had this moment where, you know, and it dates back to what you and I mentioned with the first uh, episode where they, t- the first few episodes where they talked about needing Atticus's blood. You know, she fucking bleeds this kid dry. Boom. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, not across the street, right. You know, not across the road, right down the he street. He lasts you know? pretty
1: long during that too. He's like, you uh, yeah. He's like w- waving around. Like, Seriously. It's like gallons of blood pouring out of this dude's arms. So
0: much blood. So th- he has, he keeps extra in his, in his huge fucking.
1: <laughs> and of course makes all his loved ones watch as this. (laughs) yes
0: yeah the mob finally overpowers the super soldier and montrose and the naruto and gets you know and gets them uh you know they all have to watch atticus as he dies uh so that way christina can attain her immortality and uh you know so yeah it goes back to that idea of you know, you you will you will use black people for as long as they're useful, but you still will not advocate for them. Right. You know, how many how many people get rich off of hip hop or NBA or NFL and still do not advocate for those individuals?
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: It, it, you know, it's just something to, to, to keep in mind. Why do the coaches? Why do the coaches in football? Have, and by football, I mean soccer. Why do they have Black Lives Matter, um, uh, tr- you know, jackets on? which I'm not sure if, you, if you've seen, uh, D was watching uh, women's football the other day, and I was like, oh shit, all of their coaches, by the way, have Black Lives Matter jackets on. None of the NFL fucking coaches do. Interesting. But the, um, but, and and that's the American team. The yeah. American football team... Okay, now it's getting confusing. The American soccer <laughs> team... Because American football is NFL. Yes. <laughs> the American soccer team has... Or the United States, I should say, has Black Lives Matter jackets on. I, I thought that was pretty awesome. And yet, you know, awesome. the NFL whatever you're gonna fucking well they do appreciate black they do have the helmets
1: in nfl they have like the helmets all say like black lives matter oh do they yeah they all have black lives matter or like different slogans and phrases that relate to the movement
0: oh that's awesome i can't breathe
1: yes yeah stuff like that yeah fuck whitey
0: nice i like it
1: did you say fuck Fuck
0: whitey fuck. that's something i made up that's something i made up only russell wilson
1: has that one
0: yeah, yeah, and uh, and I will say, uh, it's my mantra. I say fuck Whitey to myself every time I wake up. You I look in the mirror, you're like, fuck Whitey. Fuck Whitey. Okay, I might cut this out, but sometimes, yeah.
1: Like, yeah, like no, sometimes I, I feel that. I'm ashamed sometimes.
0: I mean, which, I mean, like, you're a fucking ally. You obviously don't have to be, and I'm sure, like, your ancestors... Did they did they come after all that shit? Like I, if I you're mean, Italian, listen,
1: I can't make up for what they did, but I'm I'm incredibly disappointed with you know certain things I said and did in the past, and that's like that's the stuff that bothers me. I wish as I, am I, I as you know, am I you know wish I wish I knew better uh, back then you know because I think it was ignorance. That's why I always I always believe.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, I think a part of it comes like unfortunately being born to a father of color, I was still raised as a white kid because yeah. he was very ashamed of of his heritage because he wanted to get along in white America. I think it was a survival mechanism for my father. Um, But like now that I'm learning all of this history about, about, you know, the destruction of the Indies and Hispaniola and, and everything like I, I don't know. I, I, I'm upset at my privilege. I feel guilty about it because while technically I am a part of this fight, you know, while, while I, you know, while somewhere I do have Taino blood and African blood running through my veins, I am a white man. Yeah. And yeah. you know and part of me part of me does feel guilty for that. And uh, you know, and, and when I think back to like, hey, the whole reason my family speaks Spanish is because the people who destroyed our ancestors made them speak Spanish. Yep. yep. And and you know, and even if you go back to the you know, to the to the Dominican Republic, there was one of their presidents who who intentionally tried to whiten the race. He forbade darker-skinned people from procreating with darker-skinned people because he, he, he wanted everyone to a, have
1: lighter skin, right? Yeah, he wanted yeah. a
0: lighter, whiter Dominican race. And, you know, I think that's part of also where I come from because my father, like, you can tell he's darker, but when he was a kid, he was, like, he was very white. Like, he had very light yeah. skin, <laughs> you know? So, um, and, you know, it does feel weird. Like, yeah. like my family and I love each other. I mean, you saw us at the fucking wedding, right? We're all dancing and everything, you know, you know, doing our Latin shit. But... You know, no, like no matter what, I will never have this. I will never have to worry about the same things they have to worry about as both a man and a white man. At that, and, yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, the
1: difference for you and me is, you know, when when we're tired, you know, when when we're mentally exhausted from this fight, you know, we we can turn around and and forget about it for a day and just go about our lives without ever having to worry. You know, they they yeah. have to live it every minute of every day. Um, and they, they don't get that chance to say, oh, I'm tired of this, you know, can we just, you know, let it go for a little bit because it's always after them. You know, and I think that's, that's something that I've come to realize, you know, cause I think this has been a mentally exhausting year for, for a lot of people. And a lot of that has been, you know, uh, for me, I, I think you as well, you know, our political and, and yeah. social journeys, <laughs> you know, so that shit takes a toll on you. But again, we, you know, if there's a day where I'm like, fuck, I can't do this right now. I can just pretend like, you know, it's not happening and and that that's my privilege. That's something that I'm very fortunate to be able to do. And that's why I've been trying harder and harder not to, you know. As much as it, it's exhausting, I'm like, I can't pretend it doesn't exist because, you know, racism's real. Uh, you know, capitalism is fucking real. This is all real. It's real stuff. Good on you, man.
0: No, that 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 is very well said. I I, I completely agree. Um <sighs>
1: Yeah, so... So this whole fucking so, ordeal... Um, so the teacher shows up, right? Yeah, she yeah, shows up. Yeah, it turns up. out that
0: Lady's still alive.
1: That's Yeah, I'm wondering, is it her kid that, that had this... I don't know. I don't know what... I whatever.
0: fucking bet. I bet the reason she lived is because of her magical child. <laughs> I fucking...
1: <laughs> the magical... All the kids... But, like, she, like, stabs uh christina through the back christina's already done the ritual right atticus is dead she's taking the immortality and she's like oh it doesn't matter you can kill me all you want it's gonna keep coming back uh until Kurama, the the nine-tailed fox gets involved right oh yeah
0: that's right that was it was Kurama before naruto was one of them right
1: yeah well naruto's fox demon is named karama as well because it means fox so Ooh. yeah yeah so uh Real she, quick, you yeah. know what's
0: really funny? I looked up why did Letty come back, forgetting that in Fast and the Furious, Letty also came back <laughs> as a character. Sorry,
1: I didn't mean to She got in out, the but... car, started driving. Like, what the fuck? I this. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so finally, you know, we realized why Atticus brought Gia, you know, because he needed her to come here. And I don't really understand what she did because, uh, like, the moon was involved. There's a lot of magic, guys. If you're really into magic, yeah. check this episode out. Tweet at us. Let us know what the fuck was happening is I, I started losing it, but, uh, she used her Fox powers to help, I guess, reverse the spell. Um, she's magical and stuff and they, uh, they're able to successfully, you know, fuck Christina's day up and, uh, make her not so invulnerable anymore. Um, but unfortunately, you know, Atticus is dead and he is not coming back as of the end of the season. And, uh, <laughs> I think he knew that, right? Like he he went into this knowing he was going to die; that was his fate, and he accepted that because his son was more important to him than his own life. Um, and you know, he left a letter, I think, for his dad and the rest of his family, you know, explaining that he knew this was coming. They knew it we was coming, and he, uh, you know, he he does die, and he he's you know he's ready to accept that. Um, and, and the episode, you know, kind of ends in a very. You know, heartfelt emotional way is they, you know, they take him down. And they're taking his body, and uh, you know, they're 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 leaving. And and just as they do, D shows up right with her mechanical arm. Fuck and, yeah, she does. And uh, and her her little uh, Cthulhu dog, and she uh, Christina's like, somebody there, help me! And she does she like snap her neck or like breaks her. I don't know. She does some crazy She'd stuff. Better. With her arm.
0: So so this choice is uh is is talked about in the lovecraft podcast nice. and they say it's because you know so they're talking about how they make a story about revolutionaries but there's this whole concept of peaceful revolution that's always put out in mainstream media right like it has to be peaceful blah 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 all this other shit you know but they 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 say in the podcast themselves are like any any revolution or protest that's ever brought about anything has had violence in it Yep, You know, and that's you know, we talk about in the the last episode, they had that poem they were talking. You know, Nat Turner is mentioned in that poem. Nat Turner fucking took a bunch of hatchets and rebelled like, you know, like, you know, yes, violence does have to happen. And for people, once again, to criticize rioting, but be pro military industrial complex, don't you dare. Don't 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 you dare tell me oh violence doesn't solve anything blah 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 blah. No, you're fu- You're pro violence when it's people across you know uh when it, when it's people bombing brown people. Yeah. You know so so don't tell me that that violence doesn't solve anything. Don't tell me the Civil Rights Act didn't get passed until after a riot happened when after uh MLK Jr.'s death. Like like don't don't, don't fucking do that.
1: But peace brings nothing. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah. just doesn't.
0: Yeah, you know, um, and and you know Frederick Douglass also said, you know, power power concedes nothing without demand. So just so just just keep that in mind. But uh, but they say that it's the next generation, which is so funny because because you and I talk about that a lot with the Bung Jun Ho, uh, the Ho films, and and uh, when we were talk when we did our class trilogy, that it is the next generation. Uh, you know, <laughs> they call <laughs> they say in the Lovecraft podcast the next generation is the double tap generation
1: the double tap generation the double tap generation
0: if they're down make sure they're down and so you know so not only has Christina lost her magic not only has every white person lost their magic all throughout the world you know Letty says I I blocked off every white person from using magic which in a way is kind of just like reparations right yeah guess what we're taking the power back literally giving
1: giving black magic you know (laughs) uh, a new name
0: yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. And now, and now, and now, now we can fucking prosper, bro. Yep. Like, you know, that's. But um, but yeah. So so D D is not gonna let Christina uh, live. Uh, she she has her fucking battle angel Alita uh, <laughs> mech arm. She she not only chokes her out, but then all of a sudden just explodes her throat by crushing it with, oh God. <laughs> with her fist as the Shagath fucking howls into the night in the background, and. That's how credits roll.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was like, like, "Whoa, oh all right, what a way there's to end it." No,
0: there's no afterwards. We don't get to see Montrose being a grandfather and living, you know, being the father he actually wanted to be. We don't get to see any of that. I think um, if there's
1: a season two, they're gonna do some sort of uh, uh, jump forward in time a little bit. Is my would be my guess. You know, seeing the baby early born and and things like yeah. that. Seeing how the world is with black people having magic and you know that, that that's my my feeling, but we'll we'll see. I don't know. I, I don't think they've announced season two, but I wouldn't be shocked if we get one.
0: Yeah. And um so so I did find a bit about Letty coming back. And according to this article, I'll link to it. Uh I believe it's just called How Letty Came Back to Life. <laughs> um according to oh, according to Insider uh, they say that it's not really explained much further, though, and it's unclear why Christina would heal Letty when she knew that Letty could potentially hinder her magic. So it turns out that the mark of Cain not only was it taken away from her by Christina, but it was apparently given back at some point. And we, I guess, we just have to assume that it's because hmm. Christina promised Ruby that she wouldn't kill Letty. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, You know, and uh, even just this article is kind of positing it. You know, there are people tweeting about like, when did Letty get the, you know, the Mark of Cain back? So uh, whatever, it just is is what it is. Um, But uh, but yeah, so so before we before we uh, before we finish this, what are your favorite moments from this show?
1: Favorite moments uh, You know I, I think just episodes I really enjoyed I enjoyed episode 9 Seeing Tulsa I think they did some really good Stuff there um, I really enjoyed pretty much Everything with Montrose I think he was A great addition to the cast And uh, seeing his journey uh, To being real to himself And to his son um, I, I enjoyed a lot of what we Saw in the Korean War I think That was so important to, to Focus on that it's something that a lot of I think that you know american citizens don't don't know a lot about um and seeing gia and and, you know how her people were treated and communists were treated right and they were brutally murdered and abused that stuff was great um and just seeing you know just seeing black people being being the focus and and what they've had (laughs) to deal with just seeing
0: black people was great i just i just love seeing black people
1: i mean i did
0: say you were an ally so that's fair
1: no you know just seeing them be the focus and and Obviously, a lot of what we see in the show is them being abused and things, but there's times where we just see them enjoying music and being around each other and, uh, you know, having a family. So I guess those are the things I enjoyed. I really enjoyed when they, they delved into history and, and the world around them. And, um, and, and that was, you know, what I thought was the most authentic part of the show. How about you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much
0: in line with you there. I, I really liked the, um, I really like the exorcism that happens at the end of episode three. Uh, I, that was just a powerful moment for me. I loved uh, the flashback to Tulsa 1921. Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't a flashback. It literally was just time travel. Uh, I Am with Hi- uh, Hippolyta was, was probably my favorite moment of the whole series. Um, and uh, I, I all of episode six was great, and, which, by the way, the – in the car when they're all singing along, Gia knows the song because yeah. she is uh, such an Amer, you know, an American file if you can call it that. Like, you know, she loves all the movies and media that the United States puts out. So,
1: She was honestly one of my favorite characters. I really wish we gotten in- gotten to spend a little more time with her. She was fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, oh, Topsy and Bopsy chasing down D. That was just oh. so frightening. I, One of the you know, scariest
1: I, things I've seen in a while. Like wow, It right?
0: Man, they 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 brought it home. They they did it so very well.
1: You know. Well, look look. You know, CGI monster just can't do with uh, with a little makeup and some good acting. Can.
0: No, they 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 really can't. And you know, the more you know, it's it's Star Wars season again. So I'm getting back into that. And uh, you know, it's you know just seeing the difference between practical effects mm-hmm. and and not you know, or even like we you know where I just uh, went back to the Mandalorian and like. It makes such a difference, man. Instead of making baby Yoda, uh, you know, digital, they made him a puppet. Yeah. And making all the other characters puppets and using CG only when they really have to. I really think it it hammers it home and and it, and it helps add to 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 the you know, the authenticity of it. But yeah. um but yeah. Oh, I also had another fun fact about the last episode. Originally, they had sandbags on the gurney under the blanket when they were carrying Atticus's uh corpse. Oh, really? But it was actually Michael Kenneth Williams who suggested that they, for one take, carry Jonathan Major's actual body. And that was a take they used because it was the realist. You know, it was mm. all of them just, just carrying someone who 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 they loved and now, now they had to say goodbye to. That's so there really was cool. a scene. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, also mentioned on the Lovecraft podcast. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but yeah. Oh, also the the see uh, the the episode of Ruby becoming Dell. I love I loved Ruby you know, fitting in with the white folks and everything because I lived that fucking every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I like the I like the idea. I just think a lot of those kind of stories wound up taking so much time away that when it came to the plot of the whole season as a whole, that's why it was so rushed at the very end. You know yep. what I mean?
0: No, I agree with that. I yeah. think
1: I think a little more balancing would have helped. But I think those were all really great moments to really highlight, um, you know, obviously racism and and just you know what was going on in the world then and still today
0: yeah i'd say probably episode six and seven are my favorite as of now and um and not to uh six seven nine yeah six
1: yeah yeah six and nine great. are mine you i know, like seven two though. Yeah. those
0: discussing emmett you know emmett till and everything you know There's over overall just uh you know uh you know awesome season and you know let there was some stuff to be desired as i mentioned before but in a world full of shit we fucking hate let's talk about you know what we do like about it
1: right so that's right so with that being said ty what are we reviewing next week batman returns uh one of our favorite christmas movies oh i didn't know you liked it as too. that's I, awesome i don't huh? love it as much as you do but i loved it as a kid so uh it'll be fun to delve back in
0: I didn't like it until after I grew up because it scared the shit out of me as a child.
1: Oh, see, I I loved it and then my love went to you when you became an adult and now you love it. So There we there go. There we
0: go. Perfect. Perfect. But uh but yeah, so so we are going to be doing a couple of uh of Christmas movies this this uh this month. So next week we'll be doing Batman Returns, the week after that we will be reviewing The Grinch. And uh yeah, just covering you know themes of capitalism and consumerism and stuff like that but uh but yeah uh batman returns is one of my all-time favorite christmas films uh it's one of the ones that i that i have to watch every year and more so just because it's a batman movie that takes place during christmas but you know don't don't tell anybody about that (laughs) um Remember that you can listen to us, rate and review us on a variety of different podcatchers. Uh, you know, especially Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. Please make sure that you uh, you know that you that you leave a five star rating and review. It really helps out the podcast. Once again, your homework is to find one person that you know and tell them about this podcast. See it, they'll listen to one episode. It, it really helps a lot. You want to contact us, interact with us, you can find us on Twitter at Politipop Pod, Instagram at Politipop Podcast, email us at politipoppodcast at gmail.com, and uh, I always recommend this. You can find our show notes and sources at wordpress.com. As for the Patreon, we are still putting up the audio booch, uh, How to Survive Anything Anywhere, and uh, this week you'll be able to see Chapter 4 of How to Survive Anything Anywhere, Planning and Preparation, where... Uh, they talk about learning about the places you're going to be visiting. So you're prepared to survive and also uh, problematic stuff regarding other countries. Uh, the guy's like, they hate women here. So you got to wear this. This guy trains Marines and shit. So, oh um, and also it's from 2004. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so some of those, some of those uh, laws and, and, you know, political commentary on, on other countries might be, might be uh, outdated. Uh, but yeah, you'll also find a lot of other great content on our Patreon bonus content and stuff. And uh, yeah, for as little as three dollars a month, you can you can uh, become a patron and and help support the podcast. And as for you, the listener, right now, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. I'm just going to tell you that for the Politopop podcast, I've been Mike. I've been Ty. And no matter what you're reading, watching, listening to, no matter what you're buying uh, this uh, this this holiday season, remember to never stop thinking, never stop learning, and please for the sake of everyone read between the lines
1: and scene
0: ah there oh i heard the click after perfect i love it